Hey everyone, welcome to the How to Vegan podcast or welcome back to the How to Vegan podcast if this is your first time listening. As always, I'm so glad you're here. Really, really, really glad that I'm finally back. It has been more than a year, maybe right around a year since I released an actual episode. And oh my gosh, I miss it so much. I miss you guys. I miss connecting with you guys. I miss putting out episodes and it just feels good to be back. Thank you for being patient with me while I took a quite a long extended break to be with my new baby who is now two and a half years old. So I took a decently long break and I'm going to be back for a few more episodes and then I'm going to probably take a little bit of a break again because drum roll, I haven't announced this anywhere yet on social media or anything, but I'm pregnant again. So babies due in July and I will be taking a break again. I don't know how long it'll be for, but definitely a little bit of time just to just to be with my family. So I wanted to take this kind of like few months that I feel like I have some energy. The first trimester of this pregnancy was absolutely horrible. I felt so awful, zero energy, nauseous, really, really bad. I It was bad. So I finally am feeling like I have some energy again and I can put out a few episodes for you that I've been wanting to do for a while before I take a little bit of a break again. So I'm really glad you're here and listening to this episode. This episode is going to be seven myths about veganism that just aren't true. So let's just get right into it. Before we begin, as always, a little disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. So keep that in mind when I'm speaking about these topics. Just something that I want everybody listening to know. But I do a shit ton of research. So it's not like I'm just coming at you with random facts that I kind of made up. I do a lot of research. This stuff is legit, but I just want you to know that I'm not an actual doctor or nutritionist. This isn't like medical advice. This is just me doing a ton of research and sharing what I've learned with you. So you probably know whether you are vegan or not that there are a lot of assumptions about veganism. They're everywhere. If you're vegan, you've heard people assume things about your lifestyle and your diet that you know aren't true. And if you're not vegan, maybe you're listening to this because you're like, wow, I've heard a lot of things about veganism and I wonder if those things are true or not. There's a lot of assumptions about veganism and a lot of them are just stereotypes, misconceptions, things that people come up with or think are true that just are not true and then they spread they spread like wildfire and everybody begins to believe them. And then it's this, just this common assumption that everybody thinks is true. And a lot of them are not true. So that's what I'm here to do today is kind of break those down and talk about why a lot of these common assumptions, aka myths about veganism, really just aren't true. So these are some of the most common ones that I kind of have gathered over my 11 years of being vegan and I'm going to break them down for you and kind of go through them and talk about why they just plainly are not true. Are you looking to cut back on your coffee intake or maybe even cut it out altogether? Look no further than Dandy Blend. Dandy Blend is a caffeine-free herbal beverage and coffee alternative made of only four ingredients and it's incredible y'all. I got hooked on it a while back and now that I'm pregnant I'm drinking it on the regular and absolutely loving it. Dandy Blend has no caffeine, acidity, or bitterness. It's rich, smooth, and full-bodied. You simply dissolve a teaspoon or so of the Dandy Blend powder with any kind of liquid at any temperature and you have yourself a coffee alternative that still feels like coffee and tastes amazing. Plus, it won't give you the jitters. If you want to try Dandy Blend for yourself, click the link in the description for 5% off plus free shipping on orders of more than $60. 
Okay, the first one. Number one, you can probably guess, vegans don't get enough protein. That's the, by far, the number one myth about veganism that I think a lot of people still believe and still think is true. But the opposite is true. In fact, you can completely, totally get enough protein on a vegan diet. Yes, protein is important. Your body needs it for a lot of different things. But protein deficiency is actually pretty rare in developed countries, especially people who are eating a wide variety of foods typically aren't deficient in protein. And yeah, animal products are rich in protein. That is for sure. That's an easy way to get a lot of protein in one little bite. But animal products are also rich in cholesterol, saturated animal fat, hormones, antibiotics, and a lot of times way too much protein. And they also don't have any fiber, like zero fiber, which most Americans aren't eating enough of by far. Like only 5% of Americans are getting the fiber that their body needs. And not to mention the absolutely horrible practices that occur on factory farms to bring these animal products to your plate so that you can get the protein that you think you need from these animal products. I think a lot of people think that the more protein, the better. That's kind of been put out there. Protein, protein, protein is so important and you got to get a ton of it. Your body needs it. While that is true, you do, your body does need it. You don't need as much protein as you probably think you do. The protein myth, thinking that you need a lot of protein and that you need to get it only from animals, is fueled by big food, big ag, and industrial agriculture interests who spend millions upon millions of dollars spreading the lie that we need protein from animals to survive. But this lie is actually killing us because excess protein is linked to the onset of a variety of diseases such as osteoporosis, cancer, and heart disease. And the average American actually consumes about double the protein that their body actually needs. So yeah, you can get all of the protein that you need, which is typically around 50 grams a day. Could be more or less depending on if you're an athlete, if you're pregnant, breastfeeding, a child, a baby, etc. But most adults need around 50 grams of protein a day, and you can get all of that that you need from plants. It's actually pretty easy to do as long as you're eating a wide variety of plant-based foods. Some good sources of vegan protein are things like nuts and seeds and nut and seed butters, tofu, soy, tempeh, beans and legumes, including things like chickpea noodles, vegan meat, nutritional yeast, and if you need to or want to for some extra protein, you can even include some protein powders in your diet. There's lots of different ways to get protein. Everything has some amount of protein in it. So again, as long as you're eating a wide variety of mostly whole plant-based foods, like the stuff that I just mentioned, you should definitely be getting enough protein. You don't want to just ignore protein though and be like, oh, I'm totally getting enough no matter what I'm eating. It's really best to be paying attention to all of the nutrients that your body needs, including protein, no matter what kind of diet you're eating. No matter what you're eating, you should be paying attention to the nutrients that you're getting and making sure that you're eating enough. So you don't want to just completely ignore it. You want to be focusing on making sure that you are including high-protein plant-based foods in your diet often. And no, you do not need to combine different amino acids at each meal to make complete proteins. This is an outdated myth. So I think most people are aware of this now that you don't need to do that, but you don't need to combine like rice and beans at the same meal to make sure you're getting a complete protein. As long as you're, again, eating a wide variety throughout the day, your body kind of puts them together as needed and, and makes the complete proteins for you. 
I do think it's a great idea every once in a while to plug your food intake into an app like Chronometer or MyFitnessPal. There's probably other ones out there. I always use Chronometer. And just pick a random day where you eat kind of similarly like what you normally would eat and type plug everything in, the amounts, everything, and you'll be able to see at the end of the day if you're getting enough of what your body needs, which is a really good way to make sure that you are on top of your nutrition. And again, this goes for vegans, vegetarians, omnivores, whatever diet you're eating, you should be making sure you're getting enough of what you need. Okay, myth number two, being vegan is expensive. A lot of people say this, you know, I would go vegan, but I can't afford to eat that that way. It's just too expensive. But when it comes down to it, plant foods are almost always cheaper than animal foods. If you go to a restaurant and look at the price of a steak versus that of like a salad or some veggie sides, it's obvious that that the meat is typically the more expensive part of the meal. So when you stock your kitchen full of healthy staples and focus again mostly on a whole foods plant-based diet, your grocery bill is going to be on the cheaper end compared to when you're eating lots of meat and cheese and eggs and all of that stuff. If you're eating a lot of vegan meats like burgers and brats and breakfast sausages and vegan cheeses every day and other processed vegan foods like frozen pizzas and ranch and mayo and ice cream, etc., then that definitely won't be the case. Like if your whole cart is full of that, that's going to be pretty expensive. That stuff is still relatively more expensive than the animal products versions. Hopefully that will change soon based off of demand and prices coming down. But right now, if you're eating a lot of that stuff, it may be more expensive. But again, when you're focusing on whole plant-based foods, that is not going to be as expensive and your body's going to love you a lot more for eating that kind of food and it just feels a lot better. So some of my top tips for saving money while eating at home is to meal plan. Just make a meal plan for the week and then write a grocery list and stick to it when you're at the store. That way you're not wasting food and you know what you're going to be eating. So you're just sticking to that meal plan and grocery list. That will really help. Cooking in big batches and eating lots of leftovers really helps. So you're not tempted to go out to eat or order Uber Eats or whatever. You've got leftovers in the fridge. Focus on buying whole foods and not processed foods, again, is a huge way to save some money. I usually have like my cart pretty much full of whole plant-based foods with some additions in there. Like I like to get some vegan mayo and some vegan cheese to have on hand, especially now that we've got a toddler. That stuff is nice to have on hand to just kind of whip up a sandwich or a quesadilla or something like that. We don't eat a lot of vegan meats and stuff like that, mostly to save money and also just to kind of stay on the healthy side. So um, focusing on whole foods and not processed foods, buying your pantry staples in bulk if possible, your nut and seed butter you can buy in bulk, things like rice and beans, and then cooking those things from dry will save you a lot of money too. If you buy your beans in bulk and then cook them from dry, say in an instant pot, investing in an instant pot can be extremely helpful for cooking things like rice and beans from dry, saves you a lot of money. And Rice and beans cooked from dry as a meal with some veggies added is about as cheap as you can get and it's filling and it's healthy. Buy frozen fruits and veggies, especially in the wintertime because you're not going to have a lot of fresh options if you live somewhere like I do in Idaho. There's not a lot of abundant fresh fruits and vegetables in the wintertime. If you buy them frozen, they're frozen at their peak ripeness. So they're in, they're, they're great. They're a great substitution for 
expensive vegetables in the and fruit in the winter time. Try to buy local and seasonal produce if and when you can. That can sometimes be cheaper. Sometimes it's more expensive. So you can kind of compare and see what works best for you in the area that you're in. And then my last tip to save money is to buy the generic brand or store brand products. A lot of times they're literally the exact same and a lot cheaper. So this isn't always the case. Sometimes you buy a store brand or generic brand product and you're like, this is not good. But sometimes they're just as good, if not sometimes better. So it's worth trying if you can save a little bit of money that way. So being vegan is expensive. I honestly, my groceries now are cheaper than they were when I was eating meat and cheese and eggs and dairy and all that stuff. Yeah, that was 11 years ago. So that's (laughs) accounting for inflation. But I know how much I was spending before on that kind of stuff. And now that I just focus on whole, healthy, plant-based foods, my meals are a lot healthier and a lot cheaper, to be honest. So the idea that being vegan is extremely expensive typically isn't true. This can vary depending on if you're living in like a food desert and there's just not a lot of fresh, whole, healthy foods available. This, This is not just like across the board true for everyone. If you have a convenience store and a McDonald's and that's really all there is in your area, it's probably going to be cheaper and easier for you to eat animal products, which is a bummer, but rice and beans should be available most places and trying to focus on doing that, on buying that stuff and making that the core of your meals can be a good way to eat vegan, even if you're not all the way vegan, maybe mostly plant-based, and to do it in a way that isn't going to be outrageously expensive. So it's possible I know it's not possible for everybody depending on where you live, but it's possible. Most of us live in a place where you can go to the store and kind of get what you need, but it's not extremely expensive. It can be, but there are ways to make it not be outrageously expensive. The third myth is being vegan is too hard. There's kind of two sides of this. The first one is it's impossible to be vegan because animal products are in everything. It's just too hard. I'm not going to be able to avoid it. I've heard this a lot. Like it's just too hard they're everywhere. I'm not going to be able to do it. And yeah, animal products are in a lot of stuff, but they're not in everything. You just get used to reading labels. And luckily, milk and eggs are some of the top allergens for human beings. So they have to be listed either at the beginning of the ingredient list or at the end in bold. So it'll say something like contains milk or contains egg. So you can look out for that and kind of, you just get used to reading labels and you'll find out that there are a lot of products out there that don't have animal products and you kind of just get used to buying those. And there are plenty of products out there without animal flesh or animal secretions in them. Think of how many fruits and veggies exist in the world. So many fruits and veggies and you kind of get opened up to all of this new stuff that you weren't focused on or eating before because you were focused so much on just eating your egg in the morning and, you know, sandwich at lunch with meat and cheese and chicken and rice and vegetables for dinner, kind of sticking with that. When you go plant-based, you realize there's so many foods out there, grains and seeds and nuts and fruits and vegetables that I eat in such a more amazing way now than I used to. It's actually easier now for for me than when I first went vegan because there are so many vegan alternatives available. 11 years ago, there was literally like the worst tasting vegan cheese possible and it was like not even worth it to eat. But there are so many vegan alternatives available now and companies are becoming much more aware of how much money they can make by making products vegan friendly so more people can buy them. So yeah, it's getting easier and easier. Like Trader Joe's, for example, I am realizing that when they're putting out a new product, if they can make it vegan fairly easy, they will because then more people can buy it and 
And why not? You make more money. So businesses are putting out more vegan products, which is awesome for us because then we have more options. So it's getting easier and easier. Animal products are not in everything and it's completely doable. And the kind of second part of being vegan is too hard is a lot of people think that you can't have a social life if you're vegan. You can't go to parties or gatherings. Dining out is way too hard. Going to eat dinner at a friend's house is going to just be embarrassing and hard and I don't want to even have to explain what veganism is. Things like Thanksgiving and Christmas are hard, etc. I have a whole entire episode about this, like being vegan with non-vegan friends and family. I think that's what it's called. And although this, all of this might feel like it's true at first, and maybe it will be true for you at first, I'm, I know it is for a lot of vegans that, that it's hard. The socialization is a hard, hard part. But if you know why you want to be vegan, whether it's for your health, for the animals, for the environment, for all three, then the adjustment on your part and typically on your friends and family's part usually happens pretty quickly. Like at first it's an adjustment for sure, but people adjust and you adjust and you get used to it. Some tips for you for for dealing with kind of socializing is no matter where you're going, whether it's like a party, a gathering, etc., bring a vegan dish that fills you up. So even if there's nothing else that's vegan, hopefully there will be, but even if there's nothing else that is, you can just eat what you brought and everyone can try the delicious dish that you brought as well. But that way, you know, like, okay, I at least have this I can eat. So I'm not just sitting there eating nothing, like be like, hey, I brought a dish to share. So you have that. Another tip is to give your guests or your hosts some vegan meal ideas if they're interested. And if they care about you, they should be interested. You know, they should be like, oh, okay, what is what is this vegan thing? Do you have any ideas of something I could bring or something I could make for when you guys come over? And that can be really helpful. Like, hey, uh, if you're thinking of making a salad, here's some ideas for you. And then that way we can all eat it. As far as dining out, look for restaurants that have options for all eaters. So a vegan option, a vegetarian option, options for your omnivorous friends so that you guys can all order something and not feel weird about it. Because at first it might feel kind of weird to be the vegan person in your friend group. It did for me. Nobody... None of my friends were vegan when my husband and I first went vegan. Like, they all didn't get it. It took a while. And now my six best girlfriends are vegan, which is amazing. And everyone kind of gets it. If we're having a gathering now, most people will make vegan food because they know that everybody can eat it, which is really nice. Not all the time because sometimes people don't that aren't vegan don't want vegan food, which is totally okay. But a lot of times they'll bring vegan food as well as what they're bringing and... Now it's like not even a big deal and there's tons of vegan food when we have gatherings and stuff. But at first it was kind of weird. We would just have like the one vegan dish we brought and that's what we would eat. But we knew why we were vegan for the animals and that was like a strong enough reason to just power through and and just, you know, we knew why we were doing it and we just did it. And your friends and family, like I'm saying, will legit get used to it typically. Not for everybody, but typically. And who knows, like I said, maybe they'll even go vegan someday too, especially once they realize how delicious and satisfying the food is. A lot of times it'll be like, oh, I brought this vegan dish and people will try it and be like, what? This is vegan? This is so good. Like, okay, maybe this isn't as weird as I thought it was. So the idea that being vegan is too hard can be true and might be true, but if you know your reason for doing it and you are doing it in a way that feels good for you, whether that's transitioning slowly, whether that's just all in overnight, it it doesn't have to be hard. And there are tons of resources out there, including this podcast, where I have lots of episodes walking you through pretty much how to 
go vegan, like the title of the podcast. There are so many resources out there these days, especially much more than when I went vegan that can help walk you through the process. So it doesn't have to be too hard. That's kind of a myth that I think is just maybe sometimes being people kind of being a little bit lazy about it and being like, man, it's too hard. I'm just not even going to try. So if you really are interested and want to try, it's possible and it's amazing. I'm telling you, it really is amazing. Okay, quick little break to talk about our sponsor, Holier. Holier offers clean, plant-based nutrition essentials to help you feel your best every day. I've been taking their multivitamin for years now, and if y'all have listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard me rave about them. They're formulated specifically for people who eat a vegan, vegetarian, or plant-based diet. So you're getting exactly what you need to fill in any gaps that might exist in your diet, including nutrients like vitamin B12, vitamin D, and omega-3s. Each daily dose is infused with a delicious citrus taste, which makes them so easy to take. Plus, they use a sustainable packaging system with glass bottles and compostable refills. They're also third-party tested, non-GMO, and made in the USA. And y'all, Holier recently launched a nutritional yeast that's super nutritious and tastes amazing. They include gut health supporting prebiotics and probiotics, along with vitamin D and B vitamins. They even have a delicious spicy flavor blend, which is so good. If you want to try their multi for vegans or their new new then click the link in the description or head to liveholier.com. That's L-I-V-E-W-H-O-L-I-E-R.com and use the code GOVEGAN to get 20% off if you're a first-time customer. The fourth myth is that a vegan diet is boring or restrictive or bland or unappetizing. I thought, I mean, I assumed that, oh, vegans, that's, they're just probably eating like tofu and lettuce and plain rice and beans and that's it. And I mean, you can if you want, if that's what you're into, but this is just not true. A lot of people worry that when they go vegan, they're going to have to give up all of their favorite dishes and that it's going to be really restrictive and that their food isn't even going to taste good and it's going to be so boring. But in reality, being vegan actually opens us up to a lot of new dishes that never really were in our experience before. I kind of touched on this earlier that, you know, you kind of stick to your diet when you're eating an omnivorous diet, maybe what you grew up with or what you got used to. But there are so many things out there that I never even knew existed until I went vegan and combinations of flavors. And it's just, it's just so much more flavorful and so much more exciting. Like it just, I think it's so much more exciting and not boring and not restrictive or bland or unappetizing. For me, the opposite has been true. It takes some time. It can take some time to figure that out and to understand all there is out there and how to combine it and everything but there's recipes out there follow some amazing instagram accounts there's so many vegan instagram accounts out there and youtube channels that make you realize like oh i don't have to give up my favorite dishes i just have to learn how to veganize them and it's actually pretty easy and they're amazing and taste pretty much the same different maybe but really similar and new and exciting and not boring i pretty much eat whatever i'm craving Like if I'm like, ooh, I want a Reuben, you know, let's have that on the menu this week. It's totally doable. And there's so many different ways to do it. There's so many different ways to make like the meat part of it, whether it's out of mushrooms or out of vegan meat. Like there's so many options that it's not just your standard Reuben. Here we go. Like you can play around with it until you find something that you like. And it's so fun to experiment. And it's just for me the opposite of those things that this myth is focusing on. 
there's a vegan version for pretty much everything or you can figure out how to make it and it's really fun if you especially if you like to cook I absolutely love to cook it's like my therapy it's my favorite thing to do and even if you don't there are so many recipes out there that you can just follow and it's so satisfying like I think a lot of people also think that a vegan diet isn't going to be satisfying that you're going to be hungry all the time and that you're not going to be able to get enough calories and you're just eating all the time and yeah if I think a lot of people go vegan and are eating like salads and not enough food. And if you're doing that, you're going to be tired. You're not going to have energy. You're going to feel not good at all. So if you're eating that kind of stuff and not focusing on really filling yourself up with foods that make you feel amazing, then you might not be satisfied. But it is so satisfying. There are so many things that you can eat and that fill you up and just are amazing. And I feel way more satisfied than when I was eating an omnivorous diet. I find that I can eat a much bigger volume of food and not have to worry about consuming too many calories for what my body needs that day because I load up on things like oats and rice and potatoes and kind of those things as my basis of my meals. And then you can kind of load up your veggies and your fruits as much as you want, add some sauces and just make your delicious meals that are extremely satisfying and make you feel great as well. So the myth that a vegan diet is boring is just absolutely not true. Again, it can be. A lot of these myths, it's like, yes, this could be true as with any anything. It could be true. But once you like get into the groove and figure out what works for you and use the resources available, you'll find that a vegan diet is like the opposite of boring or restrictive or bland or unappetizing or not satisfying at all. Because all of those things for me are the opposite. Myth number five is that soy foods are bad for you. This is a myth that is still very commonly believed, but the myth that soy foods are bad for you, it's not rooted in science and it's not true. So for men, men have heard that it can have a feminizing effect, but a study published in 2021 found that soy foods did not affect reproductive hormones such as testosterone in men. And for women, women have heard that it can cause breast cancer. Again, these claims are just not backed by science. If you look into it, these things are just myths that are not backed by science at all. In fact, research involving human subjects as opposed to animal subjects suggests that soy does not increase the risk of cancer. And in fact, it may actually lower the risk of certain types of cancers, cancers like lung cancer and prostate cancer. A study that was done in 2009 found that when compared to men who ate the least amount of soy foods, men who ate the most amount of soy foods had a 26% lower risk of prostate cancer. It's also been shown that cultures that eat a lot of soy foods have lower risks of breast cancer. And because of that, all of the major cancer organizations have removed cautions of soy from their statements. So I, they used, this used to be a myth that people truly believed and it's just not true. There are actually a lot of benefits to eating soy. Research suggests that soy may be protective against heart disease and studies have shown that soy foods can lower your cholesterol. A 2021 study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition also shows that soy improves cerebral blood flow in older men and women, which could be important for memory. The more blood flow up there, the better. And longevity is another health benefit linked with soy intake. Tofu, which is made from soybeans and water, pretty much just soy, is a staple in the diet of people in Okinawa, one of the world's five blue zones. And if you haven't heard of a blue zone, it's regions in the world where people not only live the longest, but are also the healthiest. So living longer could also be a benefit of eating 
soy foods. So for the maximum health benefits, focus mainly on soy products that are unprocessed or minimally processed, things like edamame, soy milk, tofu, and tempeh. So again, focus on eating a wide variety of whole plant-based foods for optimal health, and including soy in your diet is beneficial from what it seems. So the myth that soy foods are bad for you is a very commonly believed myth or idea that bottom line just is not rooted in science and is not true. Myth number six, all vegan food is healthy. If you're vegan, you only eat healthy food. Therefore, you're an extremely healthy person. Not true. There are a lot of unhealthy vegan foods. I know some vegans personally who literally only eat quote unquote, unhealthy vegan foods, like just extremely processed vegan foods and to each their own. Like if that's what you want to do and that feels good for you, that's your choice. It does not make me feel good. And I don't live a very productive life when I'm eating only processed vegan foods or quote unquote, unhealthy vegan foods. There are so many vegan fast food options now that truly aren't like the healthiest option. I have an episode about this though, if you're interested in like vegan fast food options. So if you're out and about and need something, I have an episode that kind of walks you through the options. I do need to do an updated version though, because that was a while ago and now there are even more fast food options because every once in a while you just either are craving something like that, you need to stop and get something quickly, you're on a road trip, whatever. So every once in a while or whatever feels good for you is I think, okay. Again, I'm not a nutritionist, so don't take my word for anything. Do what feels best for you. But for example, if you ate like two chocolate chip cookies for breakfast, an impossible Whopper from Burger King with fries and a Coke for lunch, five Beyond Avocado Tacos from Del Taco with a bag of Doritos and some more fries for dinner and a pint of ice cream, like coconut milk ice cream for dessert, which sounds fucking amazing, by the way. Like I want to have a day where I just eat like that, which sounds great, but I would feel absolutely awful. That clearly isn't the most healthy for your body. Like your body isn't going to love you very much if you're eating that every day. So you you just aren't going to get the nutrients that you need when you eat that way every day. But that just goes to show that like not all vegan food is healthy. Potato chips are vegan. Fries are vegan. Oreos are vegan. There's so many things out there that are vegan that aren't healthy. So the myth that a lot of people I think a lot of people think like, oh, you're, you're vegan. You must be so healthy. Well, you know, that can be true. A lot of people who are vegan do focus on their health and are focused on eating a really healthy plant-based diet focused on whole foods. It's not 100% of the time true. And not even for those people who eat that way most of the time, you know, not all vegan food is healthy. So that's a myth that just isn't true. And the seventh and final myth is that needing to supplement proves that a plant-based diet is nutritionally deficient. So it's just pointless to even be vegan. Yes, it is true that vegans do need to supplement, but to be honest, most people should probably be supplementing their diet with some things. There are nutrients that vegans should be especially aware of, and those are things like vitamin B12, vitamin D, omega-3s. So let's start with vitamin B12, because this is the number one reason why I hear people being like, well, you have to take a B12 supplement. Therefore, like being vegan is not a natural thing. And like, I'm just not even going to do it then. But vitamin B12 is produced by bacteria. It's not produced by animals or it's not even produced by plants. And in the past, vitamin B12 from bacteria was naturally and more reliably present in plant foods. But today, with modern hygienic practices, which more effectively clean and sanitize our produce, along with the soil being exposed to antibiotics and pesticides more often, 
Most plant foods are no longer a reliable source of this bacterial product. Whether it was in the past or not, just now it's not even really possible to get it from plants. And a lot of animal foods do contain high amounts of vitamin B12 because they accumulate the bacteria during their lives and livestock are often also supplemented with vitamin B12 in their feed. They eat food that isn't cleaned, they drink water that isn't sanitized, so they are probably getting a lot of their B12 that way. Again, and a lot of them are supplemented with B12 in the food that they eat. They're also exposed to manure in their living conditions. Some of them are even fed manure, so they're getting B12 that way. So yeah, you can get vitamin B12 from animal products, but you're also going to be getting loads of saturated animal fat, cholesterol, hormones, antibiotics, as well as, again, contributing to the horrible animal cruelty that happens in factory farms, as well as contributing to the environmental degradation of our planet. Or you can get your vitamin B12 from fortified plant-based foods like cereals or non-dairy milks and nutritional yeast, and they're fortified with a crystalline form of vitamin B12. So they all are great sources of B12. And that crystalline form of B12, which is also used in supplements, is actually preferable to the ones found in animal foods because it's generally easier for our bodies to absorb. So yes, you can get it from animals, but if you can get it from plants or from supplements and not get all of the awful stuff that comes with the B12 from animals, it seems like an argument that doesn't really hold up. And I get it. I get where that's coming from. Like, I get it completely. If you have to supplement, then it isn't natural. And so I'm just going to eat the animal foods. But when you know how the animals are getting their B12, it starts to kind of break down that myth a little bit, as well as just realizing you can get it elsewhere and it's probably better for your body anyway. Another thing that vegans should be aware of is vitamin D. And dairy products like milk aren't naturally just rich in vitamin D. I think a lot of people think like, oh, milk has vitamin D in it, but it is added to the milk. So if you're vegan, and or even if you're not vegan, and you're not getting enough sun each day to meet your vitamin D needs, it's best to take a supplement as a backup. Unless you're eating enough foods that are supplemented with vitamin D, like plant-based milks, cereals, orange juice, and you know you're getting enough from those every single day, then I think it's best to take a supplement just to be just to make sure that you're getting enough vitamin D. But again, dairy products aren't just naturally rich in vitamin D, they're added. So if you're not vegan and you're getting enough vitamin D from those things, it's because they're added. It's a supplement anyway. Another thing that vegans need to be aware of is their omega-3 fatty acids. Most people get these things from seafood or from fish oil supplements. But again, this is not an ideal way to get these things. Seafood is typically loaded with mercury, PCBs, dioxins, aka extremely harmful toxic substances, as well as a shit ton of plastic. Our oceans are filthy, y'all. In fact, seafood eaters ingest up to 11,000 pieces of plastic a year. That's a lot of little pieces of plastic. Plus, these sea creatures that people consume are just getting their omega-3s from the algae they eat. So by cutting out the middleman or the middle fish, we can just take an algae supplement and not harm the fish or our environment or our bodies. You can also focus on eating foods that are rich in ALA, which is the precursor to DHA and EPA, which are the omega-3s that people who don't eat seafood can be low in. So you can eat things like chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, walnuts. Those should be included in your diet every day, I think. But the conversion of the ALA in those things to DHA and EPA, to the omega-3s that most people are getting from their seafood, can be pretty low. So 
I think it's best to just take a supplement just to make sure that you're getting enough. And the last nutrient that I think people think that if vegans can't get on a vegan diet is calcium. Most people get their calcium from milk and other dairy products, but you can definitely get enough calcium on a plant-based diet. If you're eating things like dark leafy greens, soy foods like edamame, tofu, tempeh, fortified soy milk, lentils, beans, nuts, seeds, there's some seaweeds that have calcium in them. Eating a wide variety of plant-based foods should do it. And if for some reason you think you aren't getting enough or you plug your intake into chronometer and you're not getting enough, you can totally take a supplement as a backup. Just try not to take it with any other supplements or with your other food like iron and zinc rich foods because it can interfere with absorption. So just be aware to kind of take it separate from your other supplements. And Regardless of whether or not humans were intended to eat strict plant-based diets, the point is that we no longer need to eat animals to survive, and it seems like it may be more beneficial to our health to get these nutrients elsewhere, from plants or from supplements. For most of human existence, yeah, meat provided a dense source of nutrients when food scarcity was one of the greatest issues for humans. But today the opposite is true. We are taking in so much food, more food than we need at the expense of our health and our longevity. There are other factors to consider now that our ancestors did not have to consider. Things like polluted oceans, depleted soil, hormones that animals are given, environmental contaminants, overpopulation, climate change, the absolutely horrific conditions of animal agriculture. These are things our ancestors didn't have to think about now we should be thinking about these things. And thanks to modern innovation and an unlimited supply of nutrient-dense, easily, for most people, easily accessible plant foods, you can get what you need without consuming animals. Even if you have to take a couple supplements, you're avoiding saturated animal fat, hormones, all the things that we talked about before. You're avoiding those and just getting what your body needs. Things aren't as they used to be, and taking that into consideration is important. So yeah, as with any diet, it's important to make sure you're getting enough of the nutrients you need. Plug your intake into chronometer every once in a while to make sure. Get a blood test done to make sure. That's another awesome way to make sure you're getting what you need is to take a blood test and get a full panel done and see where you might be lacking, where you might have too much. That's an, another amazing thing that you can do to make sure that you're that you're good to go. But the idea that needing to supplement proves that it's just pointless to be vegan is not really like a sound argument and a myth that just isn't really true. Speaking about the importance of getting your blood tested for accurate results, have you heard of Let's Get Checked? They're one of today's sponsors and I couldn't be more excited about it. Let's Get Checked provides you with at-home blood testing as well as professional medical consultations without ever having to leave the comfort of your cozy little home. No appointments or doctor's office visits necessary. They offer at-home tests for general wellness, including an essential vitamin test, which tests for vitamin B12 and vitamin D, as well as tests for sexual health, women health and men's health. So how does it work? You choose your test online and it will be delivered to your door in discreet packaging with next day delivery. You then collect your sample with easy to follow instructions and video tutorials and return your sample using the prepaid shipping label provided. Once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. It's so easy. If you want to try Let's Get Checked for yourself and get 25% off your order, go to trylgc.com slash how to to vegan podcast or just use the code how to vegan podcast when checking out that's trylgc.com slash how to vegan podcast or you can simply click on the link in the description and it will take you right to the essential vitamins test with the discount pre-applied
So yeah, those are seven myths about veganism that just plainly aren't true, could be true in some circumstances, but for the most part just are not true. So I hope you liked this episode. This was a really fun one to put together and I'm really glad to be back for a few episodes. I'm excited for the next couple of episodes I'm going to put out and this podcast will not be going anywhere. I might take a little bit of a break, but I will be back. I love doing this. You guys have heard me talk say this before. Like I just, I love doing these episodes, but it's important for me to focus on spending time with my kids when they're little and actually want to hang out with me and want to spend time with me. And I'm their whole world along with my husband. And it's just important for us to spend time with them right now. So I am focusing on that first, but the podcast isn't going anywhere and hopefully we'll be back full force someday soon. So, but I have, I have a couple more episodes at least that I want to put out before I have my new baby, which is so exciting. So thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast and want to share it with anyone, go for it. If you're feeling extra loving, go leave a review on iTunes or the Apple podcast app, leave a rating, leave a review that really helps out the podcast. And if you want full show notes, they sh- I'm going to try to include everything in the description. I think you can include a lot in the description now. So I'm going to try to include everything there, but everything will also be on my website, like a full show notes. So you can just go straight there by going to kristenpound.com slash podcast and finding this episode. Links for things that I mentioned and all that stuff will always be there. So Thanks again for listening to this episode. I've missed you guys so much. I'm glad to be back for a little bit and I will just catch you in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. 